0: Hello and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I am Jens Nelson. And I am Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Thank you for joining us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So it is heresy month. We are we are blowing right through it. We're having a grand old time. Uh, We hope that you're enjoying it Uh, today. uh, We are continuing the theme. Uh, If you've been around for a while, maybe you've caught on, or maybe you've just heard us say that when we on Tuesday have an episode about a specific heresy, uh, the following episode on Friday is about a person or persons uh, associated with that given heresy. So, in keeping with that theme. Ah, uh, we talked about Donatism on Tuesday, and so today Lucas is going to share about Donatus Magnus. Why don't you take it away?
1: Donatus Magnus, Donatus the Great, or uh, also known as Donatus of Cassai Negri, um, is where we get the term Donatism comes from. comes from him, his name. Um, he, there, there. So the disclaimer is we know very little about him and, and there's, there's not much about, because there's not much about his life. There's not really much for this episode that wasn't covered or at least, you know, basically covered in our Tuesday episode. Um But it just seemed, e- even though I ended up not being able to find very much, even though he's more of an obscure figure, it just seemed like, it would, I I really wanted to have Donatism and Donatus. I don't know, maybe that's just a little, I should have just let go of that dream. But um, so, so even though this might be a little more brief compared to some of our other biography focused episodes, um, I do think it's interesting. And maybe even some of the, you know, anonymity that Donatus has in terms of his life um, might be instructive in some way itself. That might be a bit of a stretch, but I'll let you Be the judge of that after hearing today's episode. So, um, like I said, we know next to nothing about him. Um, There, there are no surviving writings or correspondence from him. Um, I have to imagine, as as a leader, as as a as a church leader, as a bishop, as a um, you know, a controversial figure in the church. I have to imagine that he wrote letters and sermons and, and maybe even sort of like, uh, uh, outlines of, of, of what his, he was thinking or what his fellow Donatists were thinking, but, but whatever he did or didn't write, we don't have any of it. So that also means there's just not enough known about like his biography. Um, really where he kind of shows up on the scene is in 313 AD, where, um, he is found guilty by uh, the pope at the time of rebaptizing clergy who had like we were talking about on tuesday who had who had lapsed who had, who had you know apostasized in persecution who had sort of left the church and then come back they were rebaptized by donatus which is the offense that kind of like put him on the scene you know it kind of like that was what what made him show up on the radar um, and this was this was in, in a just you know for some geographic context he was he was bishop in a in a, uh, in a in a area in a settlement near the uh, the southern edge of the plains of Numidia south of Theveste for you historical nerds um, and predominantly uh, people of Berber descent lived there so that's sort of a little bit of a background just that we have in terms of where he was and and who he was with but really that's about all we have right and so we kind of see the 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 thing that puts him on the scene is this is this but not even his you know it's not even like he's like circulating books that get condemned or something but he's just um he 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 sort of acts in this way that goes against um goes against the teaching and the practice of the church because we believe in we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins there's one faith one lord one baptism so re baptism is kind of a big deal um and i i also have to imagine that i this is complete speculation but i have to imagine that it was a really big deal for him that to like like the things we were talking about on tuesday with the purity of the church the integrity of the ministers and that kind of thing i have to imagine that he felt a very strong burden to address these issues. If he was, if he, if he was willing to just start re-baptizing clergy, um, which is, is, it is, it is interesting. And and perhaps, um, demonstrates maybe some, some hubris on his part to just kind of go outside the bounds of the church. And who knows, maybe he, you know, maybe he had tried, maybe he had talked with other people, other leaders, and, and, and this didn't come out of the blue, um, but that's where he shows up in, in history. And, and, and that sort of kicks off um, what becomes known as the uh the Donatist, the Donatist controversy, which takes its name from him. And, and, and you know, one of the reasons is he's he's really a leader of that. Um and he he spent he spent about three years for church, the Donatist sect, this Donatist church. Um, and, and he was never r- recognized as the legitimate, as a legitimate bishop because um, the, the church didn't recognize his, the entire basis of his, of his um, leadership, right? And the entire basis of what the Donatist Christians were doing. Um, he is eventually condemned and sent into exile um, in, in, in 347, he was exiled to Gaul, uh, modern day France. Um, and it's believed that he died there sometime around 355. And, and that was kind of the end of, of it for him it is, is he, he, you know, once he's exiled, he, he's no longer in, in any position of authority or leadership in, in the Donatist church, um, which is why he was exiled just to get him out of there, you know, um, but it's, it's tricky. To uh, to to really say much more or or evaluate evaluate his personality at all because we don't really have any of his personality you know like we can make inferences that he was so tenacious and convinced and steadfast in opposing the rest of the church for so many years that he was so bold seemingly um, with that initial rebaptism. Um, And that he was eventually exiled by the church. Like we we can make some, some, maybe some educated guesses into what he was like in terms of his personality, but without his writings and without anything about his personal life, really all we can do is kind of evaluate and judge Donatism as a broader movement. Right. Which we kind of did a little bit on Tuesday. Um, But really that's all that I really have to say about Donatism. Since we have a little more time, I don't know if there's, if we, if there's any further conversation that, that, springs up from this yeah that we might want to fill the time with
0: yeah not specifically about Donatus per se uh, but this is this is one of those really interesting just like facts of of history about heresy that's condemned Um, like when when to me it's really interesting that we we have a heresy that is named after a person yet we know so very little about that person you know when we did when we did Pelagianism we had so much to say about Pelagius himself or when we've talked about Gnosticism or I feel like last year, we didn't have a whole bunch of difficulty in, in coming up with a heretic and coming up with yeah. like what to say about that person. Uh, but like the next couple of episodes that we have planned, this is sort of like the running theme. Um, so you have this heresy, you had this like group or set of teachings uh, that originated somewhere. It didn't just like poop, whoop, there it is. And then suddenly like a bunch of people are suddenly believing it. Uh, but Maybe it's just one of those things that's lost to history uh, because they're labeled a heretic. You know, people burned their their writings, their uh, I don't know if you would call them books or their scrolls or however they wrote down what they wrote, and then it was copied and transmitted. Um, so those things, yeah, they they just don't survive. Um, and on, on the one hand, it's it's it really is a shame because you you don't get the ability to hear that person necessarily speak for themselves. So you don't get to hear Donatus, uh, you know, give his, his defense or his argument or or whatever. I mean, like, like you said, you sort of either have to make inferences, or you just have to go on the very little information that we have, which is a difficult part of just doing history and doing theology. Um, But yeah, those are sort of just the thoughts that that came to mind as you were talking about him specifically.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it is. It is really interesting. It, it's also interesting that it's not the case, like you were saying, that every heretic is sort of this obscure, you know, hard to reach person way back in history that we just have all these question marks about. Um, uh, But many are, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, right. the same is the same is true with with any, per, any, you know, movement or system of thought in history, you're going to have some that are more you know, we just have more information on, and some that you don't. But but it it is interesting to think about, it. and it's it's also um, it kind of adds to the it, it it shapes the way I feel like we we maybe interact with the ideas when we're able to to have a mental image of a person that it's associated with, like like Nestorius or Pelagius, compared to it's it's more of of, of a it's more of a movement. It's more of a just just the idea of Donatism that we that we grapple with which I think it, you know, it it can also be seen as a good thing. Um, And it certainly has its benefits. And, um, you know, the vast, 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 vast majority of of people in general throughout world history are lost to us in terms of who they were and what they thought and what they did. Um, So that's certainly not unique. Uh, But, but yeah, it's definitely, it makes it interesting to try and specifically look into them (laughs) when it, when you start and then you realize oh there's there's nothing <laughs> um <laughs> right but, but i mean that's yeah, yeah, why i, I, like I think do- that that kind of covers it as far as he goes
0: right and that's that's why i like doing this too though is that even though there's so little that's known to even highlight him i mean i don't know how many people are just going on to spotify or apple music or, or apple podcasts i mean to just like search up donatus magnus but if anybody ever does i can almost guarantee that we're like the only podcast that's going to come up yeah. so it's you know <laughs> it's true. it's cool to to cover and and talk about people whether it's you know christians of history heretics of history um so yeah anyway well well thank you lucas thank you for uh, taking the time to to dig into this uh, obscure character um and thank you for listening to this episode of the doxology podcast if you'd like to connect with us you can find us on twitter and instagram at doxology podcast you can send us an email at Doxologypodcast at gmail.com send us your feedback send us your questions send us your episode ideas recommend another heresy because we're gonna pick one of you that has already recommended one Uh, but keep recommending we'll give you a shout out we'll send you a pin Uh, we'd love to hear from you and until next tuesday we will see you Peace. peace